It's time for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today about decisions. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davidson, and it's Love Talk. Yes, it is. Love Talk with the Love Ladies, and this is Coach Carrie Brinkater. And this is Kathy Enderbrock. It is great to be here in beautiful Austin, Texas. But friends, you know, one of the things I love about Love Talk is that we have a national audience. I just say hello to all of our audience friends who are live streaming our program today. Uh, welcome to Love Talk. It's a beautiful Saturday in the United States of America and in the beautiful Austin, Texas. Absolutely. And you know, friends, you can always find our archives on lovetalknetwork.com. And it is a wealth of information there. A lot of my friends go to that website because they can't listen on Saturday afternoons. So they go to the website and then they can listen at work, on their lunch break, wherever they would like. Um, and that is Love Talk Network. And you can find all of our archives there. Kathy, we have been in this series on decisions and we're wrapping it up. I, I'm so sad to wrap this up because I have learned. <laughs> we may just stretch it a little bit, girls. <laughs> no. Stretch it out. Well, you know, I know that um, Easter's coming up and, and I just, I love focusing on Easter and the Easter time. And so I know we're going to transition into that. It's. Uh, we're leading into the National Day of Prayer in our nation, and so we really want to give some time to that. But, boy, this decisions program has really changed my perspective on a number of things. I love that we've been going through the Bible and looking at all the different uh, historical figures in the Bible and all the decisions they've had to make, the decisions that they made well, the ones that they didn't. <laughs> and the ones the Lord put back together as a, a yes. heel. <laughs> That's right. He yes. did a cross. It was so funny. I was talking, um, my, my husband's stepmother was just spending the night with us earlier this week and she and I said okay guys I've got to write a radio show and y'all help me think about some people in the Bible that made big decisions and they were like uh that's kind of everyone (laughs) (laughs) okay okay I know but be more specific and tell me why so uh it's been a it's been an absolute blast today friends we're going to talk about Peter and I loved digging into the life of Peter to write this show because what a complex guy mm-hmm. he was. And, you know, we have looked at in this series decisions made by Joshua, Paul, Moses, Aaron, Ruth, Naomi, the four queens of the Old Testament with a special show devoted to Miss Evelyn's favorite, Queen Esther. <laughs> and uh, again, today we're going to examine the decisions of Peter. The many, many poor decisions of Peter. And did Peter allow these poor decisions to define his life? We will find that out today. Uh, you know, I love it. Uh, we had this program with Monica Klein, who, friends, if you missed that program, go back to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. Just search for Monica Klein, and you're just going to love that program. But I, I do like how. We always want to make good decisions, right? We want to look at God's word. Uh, we want to we want to walk that path that He would have for us. We want to live out those plans that He has for us. We want to make good decisions. But I love that He is the God of hope and the God that never leaves us where we are. He meets us where we are, but He doesn't leave us struggling there. And so when we do make bad decisions, guys, 
We don't have to run the other way. We can run straight to the throne, admit, hey, God, I I messed this up royally and I need your help. And it's amazing what he can do to turn that bad decision around to be a blessing. You know, it is interesting because the Lord Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church upon this rock. And, of course, he was drawing Peter to the point that he would be standing on solid ground. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things began to change in Peter's life. And that is true of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that, Miss Evelyn, because we always take so much pressure and burden on our own shoulders. What do we have to do? What work do we have to come up with? You know, we have to accomplish this in order to be worthy. But yet that's not what Christ says. Christ says, hey, you build a relationship with me. me. And then I will build with your life. I will build what I choose to build with your life. You don't have to take that burden. That burden's on Christ. You just get to push into and press into that relationship with him and enjoy that process. And so, friends, okay, before we get into this program on Peter, there's been a lot going on. Boy, I get into Austin, (laughs) Texas, and it is a hustle and bustle. I think it's a little bit slower in Boise. I mean, Carrie, Miss Evelyn, what have you guys been up to? Day and night, honey. <laughs> like my mom used to say, we're going to get this job done day and night. That means you stay with it and don't leave it. Uh, there's so many things right now that are exciting in our area. Uh, of course, we work in the National Day of Prayer. We have new prayer guides, and we will be happy to mail them to you. Best I've seen in the 40 years that I have done this, it is just really good. We've... It's what we need for this time, and uh, so we're inviting you to if, give us a call at 249-6535-512-249-6535, and we'll be happy to send you one. Uh, our, the governor of the great state of Texas will call this state to prayer on, on the first May, uh, first Monday in May, and uh, we'll have a full week in the Austin area and throughout the state of Texas in drawing people together because we are God's family. We are. And, you know, I love that this nation commits the first Thursday in May to prayer. And I love that we have... Uh, countries all over the world as well that recognize the U.S. National Day of Prayer on that first Thursday in May. And those nations, Australia, China, um, England, they pray for the yes. church in the United States. They pray for the United States. And friends, are Americans willing to pray for the United States? I just really encourage you to get on that National Day of Prayer website and get involved in National Day of Prayer this year. Commit to getting together with a group in your area um, to, to, to stand together and pray for this nation on that day. Our local website is NDP Austin. NDP Austin, and you can not only go there and find uh, your tickets and buy tickets for the governor's prayer breakfast on Monday, May 4th, but you can also find events in the area that are happening all week long. Uh, They're listed there, and there's more and more being listed every single day. So that's NDP Austin. Mm -hmm. .org. Uh, We also uh, are excited that uh, with Ms. Ann Graham Lotz coming to speak for that breakfast, we're working on a luncheon for ladies and so many of our 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 lady friends cannot get up at six o'clock in the morning 
and go to a breakfast when you've got five kids going right. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> and for years, we we did this about four years ago, and it was tremendous. And so uh, we'd ask you to pray for us. Get that information is also available available on the on the website. Excellent, excellent. Our key verses for today, and you know, we're talking about Peter. And if you go to First and Second Peter, you'll find just such a different man. Uh, than you find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, because Peter is serving the Lord Jesus Christ. His heart has been softened by this man who he calls a savior. Um, he did walk on this earth with Jesus. And while he was walking on the earth with Jesus, he was a mess at times. And, um, and then, uh, Jesus was crucified and ascended into heaven. And Jesus charged Peter with some amazing, um, I guess responsibilities. And Peter, just took those and ran and was so delighted to tell people about the saving love of Jesus. And so that's what you'll find in first and second Peter in first Peter three, eight, he says, finally, all of you be like minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble which is very interesting coming from that sailor uh, that Jesus plucked out of the (laughs) sea, right? Fisherman, you're right, Miss Evelyn. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And you know what? That, that's what Peter needed. Peter needed for Jesus to just come over, cover over that multitude of sins. Um, and we're, we're, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that today. Well, and I love that when we talk about covering over a multitude of sins, it's, it's, we're talking about forgiveness. Yes. But Peter, Peter knew how important forgiveness was. He knew the sins that he had committed. He knew, um, what he had, had pressed into and how he had abandoned Christ at such a time of need. And yet Christ was so gracious and pressed in and offered that forgiveness. I, I love this because I wanted, I really want, yeah, I learned so much when Monica Klein came here and she said that compassion without the truth mm-hmm of God's word can lead to very destructive places. And and I love that when, as Christians, I I know that um, I need to press on to, in, into love. I mean, that that is, I, I tend to be, I know, more on the judgmental side. I need to press into love. And so I take that from Peter, and I want to press into love and loving others and covering them with love. Um knowing that love is forgiveness. It's not glossing over the truth. It's not ignoring the truth. It's not abandoning the truth. It's recognizing the truth and recognizing us in light of that truth and pressing into God's love. And that truth is always Jesus. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's going to be exciting today as we look at at poor Peter. <laughs> poor Peter. You know, I, I always knew Peter was, you know, had had made all these mistakes and had denied Christ. But what I really learned uh, pressing into the life of Peter is that 
Jesus loved him anyway. I mean, he was so patient with this man. Over and over and over again, he forgave and he mentored and he forgave and he mentored. And he said, hey, Peter, get your foot out of your mouth. Let's talk about this. (laughs) You know, um, and so the patience of our Savior is astounding, friends. Astounding. You might be thinking right now, oh, well, yeah, Jesus is done with me. Like, there is no way because I have done X, Y, and Z times a thousand, and there is no way Jesus could love me. I'm here to tell you, friends, that Jesus can love you wherever you are. When we return to Love Talk, oh, Peter, I can identify with Peter in so many ways. We'll get into this defining decisions with Peter right after this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the Love Ladies and Love Talk right here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. I'm in studio with the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and our beautiful friend, Kathy Enderbrock, who is enjoying being in Texas. (laughs) I know. It's so great to have you in studio, Kathy. And it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful treat. Today we are we're wrapping up our series on decisions, and I'm kind of sad. Um, it's you know we're defining decisions, and Peter, I tell you what, he made a lot of decisions in his life, and I I can identify with Peter. I tell you what, in so many ways, he was loud. He would speak before he thought about what he was saying. He had knee jerk reactions. Oh, this is me. And so I I can identify with Peter. Now, during his time with Jesus, when Jesus was, was walking the earth, Peter found himself in some precarious positions. He was constantly sticking his foot in his mouth. He was inserting his opinion when he should have been quiet. He was displaying impulsive reactions in very delicate situations. And speak quickly speaking before he thought about the consequences. Peter is complicated and he's imperfect. And Jesus loved him anyway. How about you, friends? Are you complicated? Are you imperfect? I am. I think my husband would tell you I am for sure. (laughs) As we follow Peter's early life with Jesus through the Gospels, many times we would characterize his behavior and and decisions probably as insensitive or immature and, and really brash. But like many great leaders, Peter survived himself. And with Jesus' guidance, he started making these decisions uh, as his active mind matured. And through all of his experiences, he developed a godly, Christ-like character. And then we begin to hear this mature voice resonate as we read First and Second Peter. Oh, my goodness, just such great, great life lessons in there. And we appreciate his optimism. He's he's energetic. He's highly intelligent and is a deep man uh, uh, and has and is a man of deep character. So today, as we look at Peter, he made many defining decisions. And we're going to look at those in three areas, frankly speaking, because he did a lot of that. (laughs) And then he had to have some forgiveness seeking in his life. And then eventually that led to freedom speaking. But, you know, the revelation to Peter was powerful. Uh, he knew, he knew without a doubt that Jesus was the one they'd been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And he, he 
he worked with the disciples and they were good and bad days. Do you ever have good and bad days, Kathy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than but I can know, count. Sometimes at the end of the day I have to go, was that a good day? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, there was one thing about Peter that really stands out is that he was the first one to call Jesus the living God, Messiah. Can you imagine how excited it was that God revealed that to Peter and said, pass it on, brother. Because mm-hmm. that's what they were waiting for. Just like right now, we're waiting for the second coming. We're waiting and expecting it. And when you look at it and you, you think about the knowledge that he had was limited. You don't go preaching when you're a fisherman and you go out to catch fish. But one of the things that happened was that he had a revelation with the Lord. And he was the first one to tell, say that he was the son that God had promised, and he was living God. And, you know, that's a good, pretty good job, I wouldn't think. We, that's a good you? starting point. You know, and I like that you say he was the first one, because there's a lot of firsts with Peter. Yeah. And the the <laughs> first first that we have with Peter was he was the first chosen disciple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, when he was chosen, he was in the middle of, of, of fishing with his brother, Andrew. And there's just so many examples from the life of Peter that are really applicable to our life today. And and I like that Carrie pointed out that Peter did spend a significant amount of time, frankly speaking. <laughs> I mean, he sometimes he just went around with not just one, one foot in his mouth, but with both <laughs> feet solidly mm-hmm. placed in his mouth. And, and I can tell you, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, some days we have... We have Peter days. We, we have Peter days. And so, you know, his decision-making skills could be characterized uh, possibly as impulsive, insensitive, immature. Um, but now he was a fisherman, right? And so that kind of makes sense. He was this uh, kind of a manly man, a man of action, no fear, incredible survival skills. Um, and... And when Peter, when Jesus went and and reached out to Peter, it was after a very long night of unproductive fishing. Mm -hmm. You know, friends, do any of you feel like you've had a really long night of some unproductiveness in your life? That you are turning the wheels, you are going as fast as you can, and yet you don't feel like you're getting anywhere that's kind of where Peter was at. And I I want to read this passage from you. It's from Luke chapter 5, um, verses 4 through 11. And it, it's when uh, Jesus really reached out to Peter after this long night of, of, of unproductive fishing. And Jesus climbs into Peter's boat and, and he preaches to the crowd. And, um, and we meet this frankly speaking, Peter, who makes a defining decision. And I'm going to pick this up for you from verse four. It says, when he had finished speaking, that is when Christ had finished speaking, he said to Peter, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon, who is Peter, answered, Master, you know, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had let those nets down, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in another boat to come over and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. 
And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. Friends, if you're in a place that you think, I'm just spinning the wheels. I'm not. Nothing's coming of it. It's been a long night. Jesus has something ahead for you. And so I love, Miss Evelyn, that, that Peter said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. I mean, he recognized who Jesus was, and then he recognized who he was. And he made that decision to leave everything and follow Jesus. That is definitely a defining decision. So, Miss Evelyn, Peter proclaims that he's a sinful man. He leaves everything. What happens in the early days of Peter following Jesus? Well, a lot of things happen uh, because Jesus uh, spent time with Peter. Mm-hmm. He didn't ignore it. He, as we said earlier, he looked at him specifically and said, Peter, you're the one I've chosen and you're, you're going to stand on the rock. But we don't often do that. So often, what do we do? We hide. Mm-hmm. You think, Lord, tell me not to do this anymore. We're going to see Peter hide in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I love that when Peter turns to Christ, Christ then gives Peter a vision for his life. He's like, look, Peter, yeah. on your life, I on this rock, this Cephas, I think is what he called Peter, mm-hmm. this little rock, I am going to build a church. And, and I love sometimes when we turn to Christ he he takes away the old unproductive life and he gives us a new vision for the life that he has for us. Well, and you know, Peter had he he definitely had insightful moments um and he used a lot of those for good and he used his frankly frankly speaking moments for good. There were other times Peter just found himself in a mess because he was hasty in his words and he was hasty in his actions. You know, it it was Peter who left the boat to walk on the water with Jesus, right? A walk on the water to Jesus. And frankly speaking, in Matthew fourteen twenty eight, we see this. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And then <laughs> so he, you know, hops out of the boat. And the Lord's like, hey, yeah, man, it's it's me. And so Peter hops out, right? And he starts walking on the water. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus And he begins to sink, right? And so, you know, I love that he calls out to the Lord, hey, hey, Lord, if that's really you, tell tell me that's you, (laughs) right? And I think that's comforting to us. Like, hey, Lord, you know, you said Monica Klein, you know, she was in here last week. And in part of her interview, she tells us about a time in her life where she kept hearing this voice and she thought she was literally certifiably nuts. But it was God's voice telling her, hey, I need you to stay away from these things that that can be destructive. Right. And so I love that Peter calls out to the Lord. Hey, I feel like it's kind of like calling up your brother like, hey, bro, let me know it's you. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's so I love this story about Peter walking on water because, it, you know, it wasn't. Peter, who was making it possible to walk on water, right? 
Right. Peter was walking on water because of Christ. All Peter was doing was keeping his eyes on Christ. But mm-hmm. I just imagine the prideful, boisterous Peter starting to look down and go, oh, yeah, baby, look I at me. This. I'm walking on water, <laughs> on water. That's right. I'm walking on water. And as soon as he takes his eyes off of Christ and he starts to look at himself and what he's accomplishing, he starts to sink. And I love, again, friends, Christ takes the burden of what he wants to do with our life. We just get to keep our eyes on Christ. How many times have you heard that statement, pride comes before the fall? Yeah, before the right? sink. Before the, <laughs> before the sink. <laughs> you know, we see another time in Jesus in uh, Peter's life, and it's after um, Jesus' crucifixion. And Jesus is actually on the uh, bank of the sea. And Peter realizes that it's him. And this is a beautiful picture. This is Mm -hmm. another time that Peter jumps out of the boat to go see Jesus. Peter realizes, he sees, and he realizes that that is Jesus raised from the dead. And he leaps out of the boat, and he's... He's like swimming or running in this water. And it, I just, in my mind, I see these robes flying and, you know, this probably hairy, had TV. Right? Like this hairy guy that's like running at Jesus, running mm-hmm. at Jesus. What a beautiful picture that is. When we return to Love Talk, friends, more frankly speaking with Peter, we're going to see some more times that he kind of puts his foot in his mouth and Jesus loves him through it when we return to love talk right after this hello friends welcome back to decisions with kathy carrie and evelyn <laughs> the silly love ladies that's right the love love ladies. Jesus. <laughs> uh, defining decisions today we're talking about peter and man he just he just frankly spoke so many times in his life and so we're just going to continue to dive right in here and talk about some other times when when Peter kind of got himself in trouble with with his mouth frankly speaking it was Peter who took Jesus aside okay let's 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 look at the the context here Jesus was talking about how he was going to die and be buried and be resurrected and Peter was like uh Jesus uh no that's not going to happen to you and the Lord just quickly corrected Peter. This is in Matthew sixteen twenty one and 22. And from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples about that he was going to have to suffer. And this is what Peter said. He takes Jesus aside and he says, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. Oh, my, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That is a Jesus um, slap. Holy cow. He tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. So I can imagine how Peter felt after that. He was kind of like, oh, well, um, all right. And you got to remember, this was a time in Jesus's life that he was struggling personally. Right. I mean, he knew that these things had to happen, but that didn't I mean, he he still had concern for it. He was still, you know, thinking about it and he knew that it had to occur. He knew he had to have a hard night with an excruciating death. He needed his friend to support him through this and pray for him. And Peter was wrapped up in speaking too quickly without thinking of the consequences. Perhaps Peter's biggest regret would happen even later that night 
as you spoke of how he would react to those who would want to hurt Jesus. You know, I mean, I think this is such a worldly perspective because we as Christians, we think, oh, no, it is all wealth and prosperity. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian, Mm -hmm. there is no suffering. And so when Christ started being very honest with the disciples and saying, look, I'm going to suffer. This is going to happen. Uh, Peter said, no, never, never. It will never happen, Lord. You will not suffer. Okay, friends, this is what I have to tell you. If someone tells you, I don't care if it is a pastor, I don't care if it is a friend, if someone who's a Christian tells you, if you are a Christian, you will not suffer. Never. No, it will not happen. You tell them, get behind me, Mm -hmm. Satan, because that Mm -hmm. is not what Christ says. Mm -hmm. Christ says, if you are a disciple, if you are following me, if you are loving me, if you are modeling your life after my life, if you are getting into my word and living out the truth within its pages, the world is going to hate you. And there will be suffering. You know, I think in the United States, the reason that we've had as Christians such wealth and prosperity is because our nation has been modeled on the word of God. Our foundation has been on the word of God. The more we get away from that, friends, the more there will be suffering with Christians. But I will also say, you know, these these vessels that we live in, the flesh, we are flesh and blood and it 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 dies. It has health problems. And as Christians, we will we will suffer physically, even in our bodies. And yes, it will happen. Christ will be with us. He will never leave us. He will never, never forsake us. But yes, friends, we will suffer. That is kind of the truth that Peter was grappling with. Um, and, you know, I, I love this. There's this other thing that, um, Carrie, you were you were getting into is that Peter was was when he was frankly speaking, he was really boastful. Right. And so. um uh Christ was telling Peter that all of this was going to happen and that um, and that he was going to be that Christ was going to be on kind of on on his own and that he was going to be abandoned by all of the disciples. And Peter speaks up and we'll see this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 33. You know, very frankly speaking, Peter here, he was very boastful and he said he would never forsake the Lord, even if everyone else did. He never would. Peter actually replied to Christ and said, if even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will never disown you. So we see, frankly speaking, and and, and Peter making this this defining decision that he did turn around and later deny that he even knew the Lord. And we pick this up in in uh, verse 69 of Matthew 26. It says, Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. And now you have to understand, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to, at this point, Christ had been taken away. Christ was being uh, beaten and tried. And so here, here now Peter is sitting in the courtyard. He has run and abandoned Christ. And a servant girl comes up to him and says, oh, I know you. You were with that Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denies it before all of them and says, I don't know what you're talking about. 
And then uh, he went away to the gateway where another servant girl saw him. And, and all the people there were saying to Peter, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. And, G- and Peter denies it again. No, I tell you, I do not know the man. And then a third time, uh, people were standing there after a little while, and Peter said, and they said to Peter, surely you are one of those disciples, because even your accent gives you away. And then uh, he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken, that before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter went outside and wept bitterly. And, you know, I mean, this part really gets to me because as soon as Peter denies Jesus that third time, it says in Luke chapter 22, 16, that Jesus actually turns and looks straight at Peter. That wrecks me. Yeah. That wrecks me. That is horrible. I mean, that's like kind of a, it's a told you so moment, but Mm. it's also a moment of grace and mercy. You have abandoned me but I will not abandon you. Mm -hmm. And so we see um, at this pinnacle of Peter's, frankly speaking, that there's a defining decision that, that is going to happen here. Even though he says, frankly speaking, that he will not uh, deny Christ. He does deny, deny Christ. But in the wake of such a failure, I think it's all too easy for a person to assume that his sin is too terrible for forgiveness um, and Peter, I think, may have even wondered this himself. And so, Miss Evelyn, I would ask you this. These actions by Peter to deny Jesus, they were insensitive. They were impulsive. It was cowardly, immature. And, but what do we as flawed humans normally do when we do something that that cowardly? Well, normally we try to hide it because we want to be that perfect picture of who Jesus is. But we live in the norm of everyday life. And uh, the strength that we have, according to the will of God, comes from knowing him and from from serving him and forgiving. And so a lot of times what we do is we hide. We don't even know where we are. We just withdraw. We get, get, you know, temperamental and withdrawn. We don't want to be around people, especially the ones uh, that we have hurt. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the hardest thing if you have a fight with your husband in the morning when he goes off to work, the the, the hours between that and when he comes home for dinner at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the way we are, really, in the things that we're responsible for. And sometimes we don't want to be with people. We don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like going to church today. But, mm-hmm. you know, those things are kind of normal. But the, the Lord doesn't let us get away with it. And we doubt. And uh, what Peter did, he ran away. He went to the mm-hmm. courtyard, and it was there that he met uh, the the girl that questioned him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 ran away from where Jesus was to a place where he will be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We it, it just becomes such a a part of our life to uh, not forgive. And not live in a way that the Lord Jesus would be honored. And and the Lord always comes back and reminds us. He tells us, upon you, I will build my church. And it's so exciting to know that when we have sinned, and it's called sin. Yeah. Kathy, it is called sin. Uh, that he is forever forgiving. 
Well, you know, Peter moves. He has to make a decision to move from this, frankly speaking, area of his life to forgiveness seeking. And, you know, the depth of Peter's pain, I I can't Mm. even imagine because he can't talk to the Lord anymore. He can't just go and find him and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He can't speak to him to ask for forgiveness. This is the night that Jesus dies. This is Mm. gut wrenching. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us much about um, how Peter dealt with this sin, but we do know that he was not at the crucifixion. There's no account of that. Maybe he spent some time praying and asking for forgiveness. Or maybe. in jail. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe he was mulling over what had yeah. happened. You know, you, know what we, he said? you know, he went where the enemy was. Right. Yeah, you're right, Miss Evelyn. You know, we, we just don't know. Um, we do, however, see that Peter takes this defining decision to deny Christ and he, be, and he begins to pull himself out of the pit of despair. And how do we know that? Now, Miss Evelyn, you said a lot of times we run, we hide. That's what I do mm-hmm. when I've made a mistake. I kind of, I just, I don't want to be around anyone. I just kind of want to figure it out and, and figure out what my next steps are going to be. And maybe that's what Peter did. But we do see that he starts to pull himself out of the pit of despair because he starts to commune with the other disciples. You know, the other disciples had made mistakes that night as well. That fateful night. In Luke 24, 9 through 12, it says, now, what we have to remember is that Jesus has died. He's been crucified and he has been buried. Okay. And it is three days later. And we see an account of the women that were at the tomb that went to go and put perfumes on the body and they found nothing. They did not find Jesus. And when they came, this is what it says in Luke 24, 9. When they came back from the tomb... They told all these things to the 11, that's the disciples, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Yeah, but they did not believe the women because their words kind of seemed like nonsense. <laughs> typical, typical. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what happened when we return to love talk peter moving from frankly speaking to forgiveness seeking he runs to the tomb what happens next in the life of peter right after this and welcome back friends to love talk this is kathy Indebrock in the ktxw the bridge studios with coach carrie brinkater and the beautiful mrs evelyn davison we are the love ladies friends and we're in this incredible incredible uh, series on defining decisions and this is our wrap-up program and we are finishing with Peter. Talk about finishing strong in this series friends. So Carrie you took us out. I know this is our last segment and we had this scenario where Peter is boastful to everyone that even in Christ's most difficult moment that he will hang with him. He will be there. He says that even if everybody abandons Jesus, Peter will not abandon Jesus. And yet it's exactly what he does. And rather than having this crush him and ruin him, or rather than have him be embarrassed He goes back to the fellowship with all of the disciples. But friends, just think about this. If you had completely abandoned, 
abandoned a friend, even when you told that friend, I will never abandon you, I will never forsake you, and then that friend goes through the hardest time of their entire life, basically loses their life, and you never had the opportunity to go and make things right with that friend. You can imagine how crushed that Peter was. Mm -hmm. And yet we see that when Peter starts to hear all these crazy things from the women about Christ's (laughs) resurrection, you know, Peter just runs to the tomb. I mean, he's, he's tired of all of this brash, boisterous, frankly speaking, he's ready to seek forgiveness. That is what he wants. He wants that right relationship with Christ. And I just think that's so beautiful. And friends, that's what we need to, that's what we need to pursue. That's what we need to learn from Peter is that when we mess up, when we uh, abandon what we say we would never abandon, we can't run and hide and we can't be embarrassed to go back to the fellowship we need to run to Christ. We need to go back to the fellowship of saints. We need to return to the church. We need to be with people who love the Lord. We need to run back to that to the place that Christ is. And I love this, that this is a defining decision for Peter. You know, it, it is a decision that it could have wrecked Peter forever. And yet we see Peter, instead of being wrecked by the decision, that he decides to instead go and seek forgiveness. And we love it that that when Christ is appearing to people, he goes and seeks out Peter. He understands Peter's deep, deep need to seek forgiveness. Christ understands our deep, deep need for forgiveness. And just like he seeks out Peter, friends, he will seek out you and he will seek out me. And so we should never assume that we're beyond the reach of forgiveness. Jesus perfectly reflects his father who will forgive. Isaiah 57, Mm -hmm. 55, 7 says he will forgive in a large way. Well, you know, Peter Peter moved quickly uh, after the revelation of the uh, of the new Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and it was exciting for him, I think, to be speaking uh, and experience the forgiveness and seeking to uh, freely talk about Jesus. Because you know, when you've just been bad, it's hard to be good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and and but we see with Peter. That he put sacred service ahead of everything. Fishing, you know, grandma was sick, mother-in-law was sick. He became a man who was feeding, strengthening, and shepherding who? God's flock. Mm-hmm. All of them. He gave them the dispense for all of them. Twelve of them. Well, and I love that when you go to the books of First and Second Peter, we can see that Peter made a permanent, positive, defining decision that when Christ came to him and say, Peter, said, Peter, I want you to feed my sheep. And now mm-hmm. Christ told him to do this. He said, Peter, do you love me? I mean, he did this three times yeah. and he commissioned Peter to go and feed his sheep. And that's what I love about Christ is that when we come to him and we seek forgiveness, He has an assignment for us. He has plans for us. He wants us to be that active person, that active speaker, that freedom speaker, that that forgiveness seeker, that freedom speaker Mm -hmm. that goes out and shares the truth of Christ with others. 
You know, I I don't think that it's coincidence here that Jesus asked Peter three times these questions, right? And we see in John, we see this uh, account in John 21, starting in verse 15. Um, and this is Jesus has uh, revealed himself to the disciples and they're eating. They're having a meal together. And he says, Simon, son of John, which is Peter, do you truly love me more than these? And, and Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And then Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time, again, it's three questions to Peter. And we know that this has happened before. He says, Peter, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. So, Kathy, you know, I don't know if you've ever maybe disciplined your kids and, you know, kind of gone back and, and retraced steps and, and gone back to the original offense and, and really had them walk through it. I feel like this is almost what Jesus is doing mm-hmm. to Peter here, right? Hey, Peter, you kind of messed up the last time. Let's walk through this again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's answer these questions again. Do you really love me? And like you said, he was given an assignment this time. Okay, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, uh, take care of my sheep. And then he says again, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That's it, it's. He didn't say goats. He said sheep. <laughs> right. And that right? is a big difference. And Peter begins, I think, that day. To start to live up to the name that that Jesus gave him. You know, we see so many times in the Bible, and ladies, this might be a new a new series for us. There are so many people that the Lord God changed their names, or Jesus changed their names. We see this over and mm-hmm. over again through the Bible. Um, and he changed. I mean, he met Simon on the boat, mm-hmm. and he changed his name to Peter, meaning it, it was Cephas. And, and I mean, the rock, the rock. I have no idea what Simon means, but it must be like a puddle. I don't know. <laughs> but we see that Peter has never forgotten what Jesus did for him by forgiving his transgressions. First Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. Finally, I want all of you to agree with one another and be understanding. I want you to love one another. Be kind and tender and be humble. Don't pay back evil with evil. Don't pay back unkind words with unkind words. Instead, pay back evil with kind words. This is what you have been chosen to do. You will receive a blessing by doing this that's incredible anyone want a blessing today you know you're just like okay let us go and pay back unkind words with loving words Mm -hmm. Woo! that's a challenge for everyone today it is a challenge and miss evelyn you always go back to our political climate you know that's a challenge right we're paying these unkind words with kind words or or meeting something don't pay back evil with evil and as we look at our our country today sometimes that's what we see well you know the thing about peter that impressed me was when pete when jesus looked at peter and said peter i've chosen you and he he gave the rock as an illustration of a handout, you know. 
I wonder how many times Peter went back to that rock. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus said, upon this I will build my church. And that's what we have today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Friends, I just I want to tell you, you know, I don't know if if you've ever at one point in your life felt chosen and you kind of feel like, well, you you started out well, but you got off track and there's no way back. There is a way back. There is Mm -hmm. always a way back. And friends, for maybe those of you who feel like, oh, God would never choose me. Let me tell you, he has chosen you. He wants you to turn to him and seek after him and come to know him. And he wants to do amazing things with your life. I, I, that, that is the, the absolute perfect way to wrap up Peter. The most unsuspecting person for Jesus to choose, and that's who Jesus plucks out of the boat. This harsh, brash, impulsive man had been transformed by the forgiving love of Jesus. And Peter did not allow his negative, defining decisions to wreck his life. He decided to pursue his Savior, with all his might and seek forgiveness. Peter did allow his positive defining decisions to live for Jesus to dictate the future of his life. Wow. From frankly speaking to forgiveness seeking to freedom speaking. That's exactly what Peter did. Friends, where are you? Where are you in there? May we learn that lesson well. Do we daily seek God's forgiveness for our many, many errors, decisions that could negatively define us? Do we then accept that forgiveness and believe in its power to cleanse us? You know, I think that's where a lot of us have a stumbling block is we seek that forgiveness. But then for some reason, we don't accept it as a free gift. And that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants to give us that gift of freedom. And friends, to do that, it's as simple as the ABCs. A, admit that we are a sinner. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, that he died on that cross and rose again on the third day to offer us this free gift of salvation and forgiveness of our sins. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And see, just confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Tell somebody, Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Find a local church, my friends. Today's Saturday, tomorrow's Sunday. We pray that you'll find that church, that church that preaches the Bible. If you'd like to contact us, call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. Miss Evelyn would love to send you a prayer journal. The Prayer Guide for National Day of Prayer is fantastic. And you can find our archives on Love Talk Network. Friends, we love you so much. For the First Lady of Love and our beautiful friend, Mrs. Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and our beautiful friend, Kathy Enderbrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. We'll see you next time on Love Talk.